Hello. Welcome back to the Sisters Podcast, book review edition. The first one, y'all. So we're just going to get right into it. We read The Surrogate Mother by Frida McFadden. What was your overall review? I just want to put that out there. My overall was what the fuck? <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yeah, it was really good, but so twisted at the same time. Every time I thought I knew the ending, there was a twist and I was completely wrong. Yep. I was like, oh, okay, I got this shit locked in. Then I was like, who the fuck? Especially the real mother uh-huh. at the end, which we'll get into. I was not expecting that at all. Ooh. So reading chapter one, my first thoughts, one of her bosses is a creep because he was checking her out when they were both married. And I thought this was going to be a prevalent moment in the story. And it wasn't at all. Did no, not. I didn't think it wasn't going to be a thing, to be honest. For some reason I did and I wrote it down, but yep, yeah, nope. But my other first thoughts was Abby, the main character, confident queen. What are your thoughts on her boss, Denise? Honestly, I I would have liked her. Like, I could have been annoyed at parts, but I feel like she was just a hard ass because she genuinely cared. Yeah. I think she wanted her career to succeed more than anything. Yeah, I could see that for some reason, just from going off the title. And in this, in chapter one, I thought Abby was the one that was pregnant because she was having the baby shower at the office, a lot of da. I thought maybe she was a surrogate for somebody or maybe the story was going to surround Denise not being able to have children. And that's why she hated Abby so much because Abby's walking around pregnant. But then at the very end, there's a cliffhanger of the chapter that says, Abby's not the one that's pregnant. And so I was severely confused. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so your boss hates you and doesn't like that you're going on maternity leave soon. Yet you're not pregnant, but your best friends are throwing you a baby shower in the break room. Well, I'm not going to lie. I kind of caught that right off the bat. Oh, you did. So we built different. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I just, from the title, I just assumed because it always starts with, like, the main character. Yeah, I guess you're right, but I I guess since we were introduced to Abby and Denise in the same chapter, I just kind of went the Denise route and was like, okay, Denise can't have kids, Denise is jealous, and Denise is seeking out a surrogate. That's what I thought the storyline was, and I was so off. So far off. What did you think about... Denise threatening Abby when she saw the family leave request. I was like, you need to calm down a bit. Because <laughs> she's just trying to grow her family to something she wants. I, I understand you're passionate about your career and her career, but pipe down. What would you do if you put in a maternity leave request and your boss gave you mad shit about it? I'd be like, it is what it is. Fuck you then. For me, baby. Exactly. For me, you legally cannot allow me to, like, that's not a thing. I'm getting maternity leave. If it's paid or not, that's up to the company, but I'm getting maternity leave. And because you're acting like that, I'm for sure quitting after this leave. (laughs) Like, I'm not working for a company that acts like that, baby girl. No. Can't do it. Won't do it. Exactly. So that was basically all I had for chapter one. So for chapter two, this is when we learn that Abby's actually adopting at this point. And we also are introduced to a new character named Monica, who is Abby's assistant. I had one thought in particular. They, the book kept saying that they look very similar. Did you think that this could have been Abby's long lost sister? No, I just thought she wanted somebody who was like her. I didn't think there was any relation between them, but I did think it was a little weird. My mind, I don't know where this came from, but again, I took this in a completely different way. I forgot about my Denise theory, and I went straight into, okay, maybe Monica is Abby's long-lost sister, and they only found out they were, like, maybe Monica found out they were related, and she was via surrogate. I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought that they were sisters somehow. Mine is, I'm suspicious of everything. I am. Like, nothing was solid in my mind. (laughs) 
So the cliffhanger in chapter two was something along the lines of Abby's husband coming into the office saying that they have a problem and it has to do with the baby. That bitch backed out. She wants to keep her on her kid. Yep, that was my thought too. Did you have any other chapter two thoughts? No, I feel like the beginning wasn't too too wild. I was like, yeah. okay, we're just coasting through right now. Right, right. We're just setting the tone. Okay, I just didn't want to uh, make the chapter shorter if you had something to say. <laughs> no. All right, chapter three. We were right. Janelle is keeping her baby. The adoption is no longer happening. Would you sign a contract knowing that the person giving up their baby for adoption could back out? No. Me too. That was my thought. I don't know. Maybe that's like a legality thing where they have to have the option because they're the birth parent. Maybe they have no choice in that. But me personally, I wouldn't want to deal with that heartbreak. Right. So I, I don't think I could sign a contract. If I was going to adopt, I'm pretty sure it would be a child that was already in the system. Yeah, that's kind of my thought too. All right, one moment that really stood out to me in this chapter was I love that Sam told Abby's coworkers about losing the baby in the adoption so that Abby didn't have to face them herself after that. Yeah, that was my thought too. I was like, period. But here's here goes my brain again. I was suspicious of the fact that Abby keeps referring to him as the best husband. I thought once was enough. What's the catch here? Is he actually trash? Like, this is when I was really like, mm, he must be doing something. Yeah, I can understand that because I was like, I'm all for giving your man praise. But when is there, like, stuff to the point where it's suspicious, especially in a book like this? Right. And she keeps commenting about how her assistant is so great, so great, multiple times. Then she's saying the same thing about her husband. And my immediate thought, they fucking... Oh, yeah. See, I didn't have that thought. I was suspicious. I, I was suspicious as fuck, but I didn't know of what. I was like, something's off here, but I can't put a finger on it. I don't know. Yeah, for me, once she started describing them the exact same multiple times over, I was like, the two greatest people in her life, they gotta be fucking. That's the plot twist here. <laughs> as I said, Maya's suspicious of everything. Nobody is safe. <laughs> So then Abby's boss, Denise, hears about the adoption falling through. What did you think about her immediately asking Abby if she was going to take away her maternity leave? I was like, damn, bitch, give her a minute. Literally seconds after finding out that the adoption is no longer happening and you're going to go up to your employee and be like, I guess you're going to cancel that request now, huh? Like, That's, what? It's like, it's sad, but it's so accurate, too. I was just shocked more so because it was coming from another woman. Like, what happened to a girl's girl? Like, you of all people should get it. I don't know. She said, and I stand on that. <laughs> okay, so her husband, Sam, Abby's husband, receives a house call from a student in this chapter named April. That shit was weird as fuck to me. That's where I got suspicious even more. That, yeah, exactly. That's where my cheating thing... That This is the point where I was like, okay, maybe he's not cheating with Monica, the assistant. Maybe he's cheating with somebody else. Yeah, because I didn't think anything of Monica, but I thought maybe he had something going on with the student. Because I feel like if a student is calling your house and trying to go out to dinner and flirt with you, I was like, who's this bitch? Right. And the fact that Abby even said herself that this happens multiple times. Like, what do you mean you're just allowing your man to get house calls from college students? Right, because I'd be like, excuse me, you're of age, ho. Especially as a professor, why are you giving out your house phone? There's email for that. Yeah. That was super, and the fact that she put up with it and saw no red flags with that, I was like, girl. He was like, I trust him. And I'm like, look, I would trust too, but there's a limit. At that ain't, point, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah, that ain't that ain't happening here, Boo Bear. <laughs> I'll report you myself. <laughs> so then later in this chapter this was kind of a big chapter chapter three we learn abby is infertile from an infection she didn't know about and i immediately felt bad because that's they my biggest fear literally so now moving in chapter four monica 
suggests to Abby that she should use a surrogate. Would you <laughs> carry someone else's child, especially some random person, let alone your literal boss? Would you carry your boss's child? No. I would say the only person I could see myself carrying a child for is you, Emma, or Scar. That's it. That was my thought. It would just, yeah, just my sisters. I don't, I couldn't carry it for anybody else. Because I, I would still have an attachment, but, like, I can be a bomb-ass auntie. If, right. yeah. That's my thoughts. I would be so attached. Because, you you know, you even though it's not your kid in there, you feel all the movement. Right. And I don't know. I just, having to give it up, I, I could do that. I think I could do that for my sisters. Because I'd still get to watch them grow up and be there for them. But to just hand it off to some random person. Right. That's I like how that I was, because I was like, I mean, this is something that's growing inside of me. I would 100% do it for my sisters if they were having fertility issues or they couldn't. But anybody else, no, I couldn't see myself doing it. Right. And especially the fact that Monica is an assist assistant. Why? I Like, I thought the gesture was nice. Oh, I don't know if we mentioned it, y'all, but Monica... Um, you said that she mentioned a surrogate, but Monica was, um, what's the word? She was offering to be the surrogate. Right, 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 right. I couldn't, like, that's got to be some type of company, and they, the company law, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know the term. I know they, they talk about that a little later, but my first thought was, like, that's got to be illegal somehow. Well, mind you, I'm sure there were rules against it because when they were talking about her offer, she was saying that she would quit the job when she started showing and nobody would know. Right, which if you if you have to go a roundabout way of hiding it, obviously you feel like you're doing something wrong or you feel like you're going to get fired. So why even do it? Like, why risk it? Especially since she loved her job so much, supposedly. Right. I... I don't know. And that'd be weird for me, especially if I've had all these infertility issues and then I just see my assistant walking around. Maybe I would feel different if it was my egg and my husband's sperm. But the fact that she, Abby herself, was infertile and couldn't have her part of the DNA. Okay, so they're using Monica's egg and Sam's sperm. So the DNA is half of Monica's. Technically, Abby is not biologically related to this child. And I don't think, knowing that, that I could walk around my job and see my assistant carrying my husband's child, knowing that I'm not related to this human being at all. Right. Like, that would be, be a very hard pill for me to swallow, knowing that I've struggled for so many years. Especially because she got pregnant the first try. The first try. That's what got me, too. Because I was like, if I'm sitting here having all these fertility issues, and I've tried with my man for years... And then this girl is pregnant right off the bat. I would I would feel some type of way. I'd be like, damn. Right, and you know, you women only have like three or four days out of the entire month where they drop an egg in order to even get pregnant. So the fact that like the timing was impeccable. Like how? Oh my God, I was like, what the happened? fuck? But we're gonna find out later why. Right, right, right. So we're, we kind of got ahead of ourselves. I had a couple more notes in between that. So before Abby agrees to do the surrogacy route with Monica, Abby mentioned that she really, really, really wanted a newborn. Sam wanted a tween. At this point, Sam is not up for the surrogacy option. He, he, wanted, still, he wanted to adopt. Right. He just wanted to find another person to adopt. But he wanted a more older person. He thought the chances would be better to find somebody a little older in the system, but Abby couldn't give up the fact that she really wanted a newborn. So they're arguing. But, but she said later down the road after, cause she had her mindset on an infant, but she said later down the road, they could adopt an older child, but she wanted her first child to be an infant. Right, right, right. My question is, did you think they should just meet in the middle somewhere? Maybe get a seven year old? Did you agree with Abby? Did you agree with him? Which personally, you personally, I agreed with Abby because I want that newborn stage. I want to watch the kid grow. 
And I did agree with her that, like, after this child adopting an older child, but I, I got her point of view because this is something she wanted and she had her mindset on it. And then they backed out last minute. But for months, she has been like, I'm, I'm getting a newborn. Right. I understood that, too. But I also understood Sam's point of view of just simply wanting a kid and having better chances. Yeah. The older you have them. So I, I got them both. I, I kind of wish they would have just met in the middle because I don't think either one of them should have had to sacrifice what they right. wanted. Yeah, I, just, I feel like her point of view was hitting me harder. Yeah. Um, especially here in, like, they had the crib set up. They had a bassinet, like. Right, 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 right. I was like, somebody give that girl her baby. Mm-hmm. So on page 49, I know that's very specific, but the people that are kind of reading along or have their books open with us, at this point, I had a new theory. So at this point, Abby has not agreed to the surrogacy yet. They're still discussing adoption options. Abby's still trying to convince Sam to do the surrogacy thing. At this point, I thought maybe Monica and Sam worked together. Um, I didn't because he didn't seem to know her. I thought that didn't part seem. Of it. No, to me, it was like his reaction to it because he seemed so appalled when she mentioned it. I thought maybe they were dating and Monica was trying to, like, make him pick her. And so this was her way of, like, tricking his wife and then him looking like an ass if he didn't agree to it. My mind went all kinds of twisties and turns. But Abby kept describing her and her husband as the greatest people ever multiple times. And then all of a sudden, Monica's offering and wants to get to know Sam immediately. and. I don't know. I thought it was all part of this elaborate plan. That's fair. Especially Um, because she was a younger version of Abby and Monica was young. He was a professor. I was thinking the whole student teacher thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But also guys, before they agreed to this, they were calling around to like check Monica out, make sure she was a good person, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Right. Like they called her mom. They called her roommate. Everybody had good things to say about her. And then Abby ended up telling her best friend, her name is Shelly. And Shelly straight up told her, I don't think this is a good idea. Now, originally I was frustrated with Shelly because I was like, support your bestie ho. Right. Until... She said the part where she has seen Monica standing outside Abby's office door listening to her. I know. Just snooping. That's when I was like, okay, maybe I can see Shelly's side here a little bit because that's weird as fuck. Yeah. Well, in that moment, since I had the theory that this was an elaborate plan between Sam and Monica so that a student and teacher could be together, I thought, okay, now she's going through Abby's things. And so she must simply want her entire life. She wants her man. She wants her job. She wants the baby. I just really felt in this moment that Monica wasn't at all who she seemed. She wasn't this sweet little assistant. I thought she was trying to take over Abby's entire life for some reason. Um, yeah, that's fair because she she was sketching me out at this point. Once homegirl Shelly gave me some good information, I was like, whoa. Right. Um, Especially as her assistant. What do you need to snoop for? You know everything. You have access to, like, all of her stuff. Right. So why are you snooping? So Abby ends up setting up a dinner for Sam and Monica to meet and discuss the surrogacy. At this point, I no longer thought he was cheating because, he, again, like you were saying, he didn't like the idea at all. But this dude was taking notes, y'all. At this (laughs) dinner, he was being blunt. He was taking notes on her. Many, many questions. This is my question. If you were in the same position and your husband was trying to convince you to let this girl be a surrogate, would you be asking as many questions? Would you be as nosy? Would you be as busy? Me too. Especially if my husband recommended it, I'd be like, how do you know this girl? (laughs) Right. I'd be like, what's going on with you? Right. Are you being a creep or like- Exactly. I was like, is there something going on here like that I don't know about? I would feel more weirded out if my husband brought up the idea versus me. For another yeah, because I'd be like, huh? So let me ask you this. What if your husband was the one that was infertile 
and he was the one offering to give up his sperm for you to get pregnant. Would you feel the same way? I mean, yeah, I'd still question the fuck out the dude. Because I'd be like, who are you? Yeah, that is true. And I would check medical history. I would check all of that shit. Me too. Have you been to jail? Are you low-key weird as fuck? Any mental illnesses in the family? Yeah, I'd want to know everything. I'd be like, what was your GPA? (laughs) (laughs) So they finally decide that they're going to go through with the surrogacy thing. Did you think in this moment that Monica would steal Sam or ask for child support? No, at this point, no. I I had a bad feeling about it, but I didn't know what. Me too. I Those things like crossed my mind, but I didn't think that was going to be the story here. Right, yeah. I was like, mm, it's a little too basic. Right. Played out, been there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we're jumping all the way to chapter eight. This is when Monica starts calling everybody around to, like, make sure before they officially sign this contract. So they're calling Monica's mom. Were there any red flags with you during this phone call? Um, one. Because she said they were from Indiana, but Mm -hmm. Monica had been making comments that she was a huge Red Sox fan, and if she supported a different team, she would be able to go home. And I'm like... That's not Indiana's team, is it? And then I got farther down, and it wasn't. And I was like, mm. Right. So that that's where I got the question marks going up. Because I was like, if you're from Indiana, then that's not your home team. So why wouldn't you be able to go home? Right. That one I actually didn't pick up on quite as much as this one. She was going through, like, medical history with Monica's mom. And the one thing that really had my flags going, I thought it was weird when Abby asked her mother about any mental illnesses in the family or with Monica, her mom got super defensive. Like, no, we don't have that stuff around here. Monica's perfect. Basically saying that mental illness wasn't even a thing. Like, wasn't Oh, real. yeah. I, was I, like, I picked up on that, but I felt like, she just didn't want to say it. I just felt like she didn't want to be honest. That I was thinking, okay, in my opinion, people that believe mental illnesses are not real really, really, really bother me. And they are the ones that have mental illnesses. And they just, they just don't want to believe it. That's my opinion. And so when Monica's mom started acting this way, I was like, okay, so you have a mental illness and your daughter has a mental illness. Like, that's immediately what I thought. I was like... There's no other reason why you would get so defensive about somebody asking a regular medical question when they're about to be a surrogate. Like, yeah, but I feel like the way she said it was also like um, a little manipulation thing because Abby immediately felt bad and stopped asking questions. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they knew what they were doing. Oh, for sure. Did you think that since it was so fast, she got pregnant by someone else? Or yes. Okay, that's exactly what I thought. I thought maybe she was already I thought she was already pregnant and then did this on purpose because she was after Abby's money because we know Abby's rich. Mhm. So I thought maybe Yeah, she was just already pregnant and it wasn't actually Sam's kid. Yeah, we had the same thought process there because I was like, mm, that was fast as fuck, so that was fishy as fuck." All right, so once they learn that she's officially pregnant, would you trust your surrogate to eat well, not drink alcohol, take prenatals, all the stuff? Uh, I would, but I'd definitely be, like, check-ins a lot. Well, because at this point, Abby's asking Monica all these questions and, like, trying to make sure. And Monica just kind of brushing her off, getting a little, like... Oh, 100%, yeah. She's like, I know. I feel like I would be such a control freak about this, though. Same. I would want to... Sorry, what? I was was just gonna say, I would want to make sure you ain't fucking up my kid. A hundred percent. But let's also talk about the fact that um, when she announced that she was pregnant, she brought out a pregnancy test to to Abby to show her. And then kept it? Kept. Monica insisted that she was gonna keep the pregnancy test. I thought that was weird as fuck because I said... You are doing this because you want money to go to school. Why are you the one keeping a pregnancy test? 
you're just housing this thing. Like, you're yeah. not, why yeah. do you need a... But she was saying for a keepsake. I said, keepsake for what? Like, this is not your, this is not your child. I mean, biologically, right. maybe, but you're giving her up. You have a contract. Mm-hmm. I was like, no girlfriend. Oh, yeah, because let's make this also clear. In the contract they signed, she's not allowed to back out. Like, she is giving up this child in exchange yeah. for Abby paying for her schooling. So right. there is no backing out. There is no keeping it. So then we get to that part where Abby and Sam, a few days later, see Monica walking on the street. They On offer- their anniversary night. Right. And they offer to give Monica a ride home because they see a- their pregnant surrogate walking alone in the dark at night obviously you're gonna offer a ride what did you think like would you be pissed off that your surrogate sits in the front seat next to your husband i don't know about like pissed off but i think the way she went about it was weird because i feel like i would have probably offered maybe but the fact that she took it upon herself to just jump in the front seat exactly who are you like last time i Last time I checked, this is my car. Right, my husband. offered to give you a ride. Why are you hopping in the front seat with my husband? Yeah, and the fact that they were completely just chatting up a storm and leaving Abby out of the conversation completely while she's sitting in the back seat. For me, I would give up my seat for her to sit in the front. She's pregnant with my child. I want to be nice, whatever. But the fact that you try to act like you own this shit. Right. It was the way she went about it. I would offer to your place. Right. Know your place. All right. Chapters 12 and 13. We have her first appointment. Did you think it was valid for Abby to go to the appointment without Sam after the incident of taking driving her home? Um, No, I thought it was a little rude. Me too. I was like, you should still like, yeah, you want to go see the baby and I'm sure he does too. Because at the end of the day, you should, you... She was praising her man. You trust your man, so right. Let him go to the appointment. That's his baby. He wants to see it too. You should, yeah. You definitely shouldn't let jealousy in the way of that. Right. Not when it comes to the child. So then Monica records the heartbeat during this appointment, and then she starts making all the decisions. Because at your first appointment, they will ask you if you want to do the chromosome test, and that's also the point where you can find gender out early. But it's like a little blood test and it's expensive. But anyways, so the doctor's asking, do you want this test? And Monica immediately says, no, no. Not even giving Abby the option to respond. What did you think about that? I was like, that shouldn't, that's not your choice. At least I didn't think so. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I agree with you. But I was, I'm also, you know, pro-choice. That is her body, but it's not her kid. And she is. That's what I'm saying. I was like, you signed the contract. You're supposed to go to their terms. You are growing their baby. So maybe just like, you know, ask her opinion on it. Right. I did not like that she immediately answered for. Right. No. That's because... what I thought was weird. I was like, at least give her the option. Damn. Because maybe Abby wanted to know if her kid had Down syndrome or something. Right. These like, are important to know. So then Abby visits her mom to tell about the pregnancy news. And then we learn that her mom doesn't like Sam at all. Do you think she knows something, has a bad feeling about Sam, or just hates men? Because she made multiple comments about how men only want I certain she's got trust issues. That's what That was my viewpoint, too. I think her mom's just skeptical of men. Yeah, I don't think it was anything personal towards Sam. Chapter 14 had me on the floor. On the floor. Monica leaves work early to get ready for a dinner Abby and Sam were hosting at their house for her. Abby gets stuck at work and magically the printer's broken and her PowerPoint's messed up calendars messed up like everything at work is getting messed up and abby can't and mind you monica has access to all of this right abby has no idea how things got so screwed up she's like okay maybe the excitement of the baby's clouding my brain i'm getting distracted but in reality monica is actually messing with her calendars her powerpoint everything and magically the printer that only monica knows how to operate and fix is broken the same night she's supposed to go over to their house 
and have dinner. So Abby can't make it to the dinner and she tells Sam that she'll be late. Sam gets very annoyed that he has to be with Monica alone for the night. This point, I really thought he was cheating. I'm not going to lie. Damn, I still didn't have that thought. I really thought that this was another addition to the plan. Like, they had decided together that they were going to keep Abby at work so that they could have some alone time together. See, I thought, I thought at this point it was definitely Monica who did it. But I thought with the way things were, were moving, if she kept doing this and it was making Abby look bad to Sam then they would eventually become a thing. But at this point, I didn't know. Once the phone, once we found out that there was college girls contacting him in his own home, that really set the bar for me of cheating. And so I was always, that was always in the back of my mind. And then how magically Abby gets stuck at work the one night they have dinner together. I, I was like, yeah, and the way that they were bantering in the car when he gave her a ride home, I was like, he has to be cheating with her. Has to be. I think she just knew exactly what to talk about to get him hyped. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that till later, but we'll I was get... hella on her ass. I wasn't really on his. So when Abby finally gets home, she sees Monica laughing at Sam's math jokes. What are your thoughts? Don't sit here and tell me math jokes are funny. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Then Monica refers to the baby as her and Sam's baby, not Abby's. This that was is what weird I, as fuck to me. That pissed me off. I closed the book. I had to take a break. I was like, no the fuck. She did not. I was like, that's not nope. It, in this moment, as soon as she said that and Sam didn't correct her, I was like, they're a thousand percent cheating with each other and created this plan together. This whole elaborate scheme for a professor and college student to be together in public without getting in trouble. That was exactly what I thought. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, if that happened to me and you didn't correct her ass, I would be on your ass. I don't give a fuck that she's sitting right there. I wouldn't even wait till she left. I'd correct in the moment. Exactly. I'd be like, you mean our baby? Yeah. All right, so now this, I clumped a lot of chapters together because I didn't have too many thoughts, but chapters 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. <laughs> I kind of combined all my thoughts together. So people start seeing Abby mess up at work more and that she's not sleeping. Did you think that Abby was actually crazy and this was a crazy person's perspective, like this whole book? I thought... Abby was actually the crazy one in this moment, and this whole book was from a crazy person's perspective, that maybe all of the bad thoughts about Monica and Sam were just a crazy person's perspective because it seemed like she was on drugs at this point. Oh, see, no. For me, I didn't think that at all. I just thought Monica was very smart about the shit she was doing, but I was 100% on Abby's side. I was like, you're not fucking crazy. She's playing your ass, and she's playing all these people. I, I thought she she was getting played all this time up until pe people started accusing her point blank period that she was using drugs. I was and like, do y'all see what this girl is doing, especially when it comes to her man and her child? I would be, I wouldn't be able to sleep either. I would be stressed as fuck too. I might forget things because my head would be wrapped up in that shit. Mine too, but I don't know. Once she started falling asleep at work and shit, I was like, man. Could this be a story from a crazy person's perspective? Like, is all of this just in her head? I don't know. I was because I know Frida McFadden. She's always got the twist you don't think of. So I was just like, maybe this is a crazy person's perspective. I don't know. I was all in on this theory, though. Mm -hmm. May I may I mention that? Um, have we mentioned the fact that she was magically missing appointments for the baby because? she would be like, no, you told me it was this time. And then she would go look at her calendar that her assistant had access to and the time would magically be changed. So every time she was missing the baby appointments, but Sam was somehow still there with Monica. Yeah, I didn't put that together until you just said that. Like I, I knew- I was like, I know this hoe's fucking doing shit. I, that thought didn't cross my mind. I was really sticking with the whole, maybe Abby is on drugs. Maybe Abby no. is little crazy i was like this hoe got access to her calendar she's making her look crazy 
especially because then she wanted to keep the ultrasound photos. I was like, why are you keeping them? This is not your child. That And that just fed into my theory that maybe she isn't crazy and they are just doing this elaborate plan to be together. I like I was really stuck on these two. I was like, either Abby's crazy and this is a whole made up thing in her head. Or it is a professor and student trying to have a baby together without getting caught, without having judgment. No, nah, I believed in my girl Abby this whole time. I was on Monica's ass. <laughs> so then we find out that Abby tries to get a little freaky with her hubby. And Sam starts turning her down. In this moment, it just only furthered my theory of the cheating scandal. I thought he was denying Abby because he was getting ass from Monica. See, I, I thought that was weird, too, especially because it was said that Sam always holds Abby's hand when they go out in public. And that mm -hmm. one time they went to go meet Monica, he wasn't holding her hand. And Monica hugged Sam, but didn't really acknowledge Abby. I was like, this hoe's after her, man. I know it. I feel it in my bones. But I thought it was reciprocated. Because I now he's... I was suspicious, but I was more on Monica's ass than I was Sam. I was like, don't fuck up here, buddy. But <laughs> got issues. Yeah. Also, can we mention the fact that we said um, Monica looks a lot like Abby? Y'all, Abby has like jet black hair, and that's not even Monica's natural color like she was making it seem. She was a fucking blonde, and we only knew that because her roots started to show. Yeah, and you're not supposed to dye your hair when you're pregnant. Exactly. So I was like, okay, so maybe you wouldn't look so much like her if you weren't adjusting your looks to be like her. You didn't think to get a wig or something. Right. I said, girlfriend. You're such a mastermind, but you didn't think about your roots? <laughs> get it fixed. Get it fixed. So then we have another doctor's appointment, and... The doctor refers to Sam as Monica's husband, not Abby's. That shit had me pissed. I was like, nobody's going to correct her. It, right. And it happens four times during this appointment. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, I think they really were together. I was like, okay. he. I think he was so focused on the baby that he wasn't even processing this shit, but she knew exactly what she was doing. And that's exactly why Abby was going crazy. Cause she was like, how the fuck do you not see this shit? And that all makes sense now that I've read it. But in the moment, the crazy thought here again, I was like, okay, so he never officially married Abby. He's been married to Monica this whole time. And they both went after Abby because they knew she was rich. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like they were together like, eight nine years married i was like if they weren't really married they would have known she would have figured it out by then yeah that is true also can we jump to the fact that like i said in the beginning work wasn't gonna know that she was pregnant because she was gonna resign now mind you then abby says something to her she was like hey you're like seven months at this point you're starting to like you know people are talking people are getting suspicious you're and really she was like Right. And she was like, per our contract, I think it's time for you to resign. Like, you've made it seven months, but now you're starting to show, blah, blah, blah. This girl backed out of her plan. She said, well, that's not technically in the contract. I told you I would, but I changed my mind. And since it's not in the contract, I don't have to. This is why you got to double, triple check that contract, babe. I said, you, what the fuck? I, you got to, you got to think of this person as a complete stranger, not your sweet little assistant. You can't trust anybody in this world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because let me tell you, I was too stunned to fucking speak. Mm -hmm. But I kind of, I kind of assumed that she would do that. Oh, me too. A hundred percent. I was like, mm, the way you've been acting, there's no way. Yeah. So obviously... People start talking in the office about her being pregnant and she gets pulled into the office and she straight up tells the boss, yep, I'm pregnant with uh, her husband's kid and uh, I'm the surrogate. Just kind of lays it all out there with Denise. And yeah. I was surprised Denise didn't fire either of them. Me too. But I mean, because it, she said like it was a mutual agreement type thing. What really can you do? And it was an outside affair type thing. Right. Man, so they got lucky there. 
So Sam starts apologizing for getting close with Monica. I don't think they're involved anymore. Then Abby learns, because she gets a visit from her old assistant. What was her name? Gertie. Gertie. So her old assistant, Gertie, comes in and tells her the story. The reason Gertie's not working there no more is because she fell down the stairs. But then she said she also felt like she may have been pushed down the stairs. Right. And that's when Abby puts the pieces together like, holy shit, Monica pushed her down the stairs to take her job and had this whole thing curated. Right. On the other side of the office, you hear Monica telling everybody at work that the the baby names that she's picked. Your thoughts? I was like, bitch, why are you being weird as fuck? Because then she was having people give her advice on what cribs to buy. I was like, why are you acting like this is your baby? Yeah. Like, I get not wanting to tell everybody you work with your business, but you also don't, like, willingly have to sit here and act all this shit out. Like, that, to me, felt disrespectful to Abby. Because I was like, what are you doing? You don't have to tell people your situation, but just don't talk about it. Right, right. That really pissed me off. And then, later on, there's a random drug screening at work. Mm -hmm. Abby fails the drug test. Did you think she was being drugged, or did you think she was a drug addict? I thought she was being drugged, 100%. I was still in the middle on this one. Nope. I was like, so where the fuck Monica get meth? (laughs) That was literally my thought process. Because I was like, I know my girl Abby didn't take it. (laughs) So then Sam finds out about the failed drug test, and he finds drugs in the house. So then Sam says he'll break the surrogate contract if Abby doesn't go to rehab, making it to where Monica can keep the kid with Sam and they'll, like, do this co-parent thing. What oh, were you- I just looked at my notes. When it said drug test positive for meth, I put, so was it in the cookies or the coffee, hoe? Because coffee. Monica was bringing her that stuff on the daily as her assistant. And I was like, so which so one you- was it in? Because I was like, I know it was you. <laughs> you called it right off the bat. Yep. And I, I had no clue. No, nope. I was like, where is meth coming from? <laughs> nope. I was like, this hoe, as her assistant, brings her coffee in the mornings. She gives her snack. I was like, no, you did it. I'm not sure which one you put it in, but I know you did it. <laughs> Nothing getting past you. No. So then later, Denise finds proof that Monica was drugging Abby. Because Abby- Denise found Monica searching through her desk. So then Mm -hmm. Denise was like, okay, I'm going to search this hoe's desk. Denise was the boss that fired her. And that's when she found the prescription, which was basically like a form of meth. Right, right, right. she called Abby up. She was like, hey, like, I believe you now. We're going to figure this out. Something fishy is definitely going on here. She was like, meet me at the office at 8 when everybody will be gone and we'll talk about this. So then Abby shows up and she finds Denise dead. And her Dead as fuck. Yeah. Now guess what did it, y'all? It was the letter opener that Sam bought Abby as her anniversary gift. Yeah. The same the same letter opener that Abby had been missing for at least a few weeks. I was like, so Monica stole the shit, it's confirmed. I knew immediately. When when it mentioned in the book that her she couldn't find her letter opener. And that she accidentally cut her finger when she used it. I said, that's your murder weapon. Right then and there. Because <laughs> when it goes missing, that's how you know. I completely forgot about the letter opener until until now. You need to get on your Zoom. I listen to all this true crime stuff, and I'm like, this detail ain't getting past me. No, I can't. I have such a hard time with crime. Yeah, but look at the way our different minds are going. I'm like solving this shit as it's going and mine's like, no, no. And I'm like, no, this what the fuck happened. I'm telling you, like Frida, she always messes with my mind. Yeah, but when you're making like little hints about shit like that, I'm like, okay, so this is important. Otherwise, what what was the point? So then Abby runs to her mom after she's been questioned by the police because the police obviously are like, you killed Denise. Instead of her mom like freaking out or anything like that, she's like, we need to get you a new man. But she said, I believe you too, because at this point, Sam wasn't believing her about the meth. He was hesitant on the murder. And her mom was like, no, girl, it wasn't you. She's in the car and she sees Chelsea, one of 
Monica's roommate, Monica's roommate that she had confirmed with that Monica, you know, was a good person and everything. And mm-hmm. now the girl didn't recognize um, Abby at first. Do you want to know why? Because her name wasn't actually Chelsea. She didn't fucking exist. Monica had paid her $200 to, like, vouch for her and say that they were roommates. But she was like, um, I know who her old roommates are. Um, and told her that she got paid. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then she set up a meeting with her actual roommates. And this is where we fucking found out. Her, room, her old roommates were like, no, that bitch crazy. I'm pretty sure she killed her ex because they always argued all the time. And then you heard a thump. And then we started smelling something really awful. And even her roommates were like, I was scared this hell was going to start killing us in our sleep. Well, and here's my thing. If you think she's killed her ex and that there's a dead body in her bedroom, how that smell is so revolting. How did you just live there? Why didn't you call the popo? Oh, God. I was like, whoa. And here's the thing, Monica used to call the cops on her roommates for stupid ass shit, like, somebody ate my last yogurt cup, shit like that. So I was like, oh no. I guess I can get it that they, maybe they were just scared, because if they're scared for their life, I wouldn't, I'd be hesitant to call the popo too, but at the same time, how else are you gonna get help? Yeah, and they said that, um, Monica's mom would come over a lot. Now, mind you, um, we were told that Monica's mom lived like a while away. Right. So it was like clearly this bitch lived close if she was always coming over. Mm-hmm. So this and- is where I was connecting dots more. I said, so that roommate wasn't real. I'm betting that she wasn't real either. Right. And then they actually give Abby the real mom's um what was it, address, phone number? The addre- yeah. The address. And so she goes and meets, this is where my jaw was like on the floor again. Abby meets Monica's real mom. Later on, we find out it's the stepmom. But she's saying that Monica has borderline personality disorder. And so he called her crazy and dangerous and said that they haven't talked to her in about a year because she's just a troublemaker and they couldn't handle it. Right. And in my mind, I was like, okay, so this is exactly why her um the first mom that she talked to that got so defensive about the mental illness question i was right to question it because duh yep not only, not only that y'all but um monica had a best friend when she was a teenager like 17 i think it was and mm-hmm. they ended up liking the same guy they got into it um next thing you know monica's best friend went missing and a week later they found her dead yeah, so this Coincidence? Bitch, I think not. She's batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. She's murdered before and she got away with it. And think, she was only a fucking teenager when she got away with that. So what can what can she do now? So this is three people that we know of that she has murdered. And she's just wandering the streets pregnant. I said, so Like, what do you mean? Then at the very end of the, the meeting between Abby and her mom, she says, her mom tells Abby that Monica told them that she had been dating her professor Uh for three years. And this is where I was like, I cracked the fucking case. I knew they were dating. I I was skeptical. I was at this point, I I was believing it. Cause I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Because she said that she had been dating Sam. Right. I literally, I literally had to close the book again. I stopped. I started talking to Eli. I was like, I cracked the fucking case from day one. Frida didn't get me this time. So then after learning about the affair, I assume Sam was just as crazy. Oh, me too. I was like, the fuck? Would you still go home to him? No. And did you think that he was going to kill her? Yeah. Especially when she checked Sam's phone and it said the plan is off for tonight. I was like, what fucking plan? Were you going to murder her? Yep. But I feel like it also would have been suspicious if she didn't go home. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was sticky. I was like, I would have brought Shelly with me because she was with Shelly. For sure, for sure. So she ends up going home alone. She thinks about going through his phone. Would you be brave enough to go through his phone? Yeah, but I wouldn't have done it right next to him. Me either. I would have snatched that shit up and locked myself in the bathroom. Yep, I would have went unsound that potty. <laughs> and now, this is where um, 
Gertie, her old assistant, came over the next morning to, like, make her breakfast and stuff. And then she said, you don't look well. Like, I'll make you breakfast while you go clean up. And um, then as she's eating the lovely eggs that Gertie made for her, Monica comes over. And she's like, hey, Sam sent me here so we can have a heart-to-heart. Like, we need a talk. Blah, blah, blah. She was like, well, surely Monica wouldn't kill me with an older lady in the room. And so she let her in so they could talk. And as they're sitting there talking, Monica's like, your marriage is over. Like, you're going to jail for murdering Denise. You don't take care of yourself. Blah, blah, blah. You can't take care of him. And then at this point, um, Abby starts feeling dizzy. And she looked at Gertie and she said, was it in the was it in the eggs? And Gertie said, no, it was in the juice. I said, what the fuck was in the juice? <laughs> and that's now, when we find out that Gertie is actually the birth mother of, of Monica. Monica. So Gertie this whole time was playing her ass. Gertie was just as crazy. She's the one who put Monica in this situation because she was like, oh, like this man's perfect for you. Go get her husband. So they put a whole bottle of sleeping pills in this girl's orange juice. The whole thing. This entire plan had been going on for years. Years, yeah. Commitment. I was like, no. I had so much faith in my girl Gertie. And I, I know. Like, you bitch. You old ass bitch. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Definitely. And that's that's how we found out that the other mom that she had talked to was her stepmom. So then, Monica and Gertie tie Abby up when Sam comes home. Did you think that Sam would care that she was tied up? No, at this point, I thought he was in on it. Me too. So they push Abby off the bed, and she tells her mom to get in the closet. She's going to handle Sam. So she went out and told Sam, like, I don't know. She just ran out of the house. She had one of her manic episodes. Because keep in mind, Abby had jumped out of the car when she thought she saw Monica's roommate on the side of the street. And, um... So then Sam was like, oh, okay, well, like, do you know where she said she was going to go? And she was like, no, like, she didn't tell me nothing. And then he was like, well, let me call her. And Monica was like, no, like, you don't, you can't fix her, blah, blah, blah. Then he starts calling her and you can hear her phone ringing at the house. So Sam was like, that's weird. She doesn't go anywhere without her phone. And Monica was like, um... I don't know, she was in a rush, like, she must have just not grabbed it, and he was still sitting there like, this is weird, like, she wouldn't go without her phone. And then when he hears a ringing, he goes to the room, and he finds Abby, and this is where I'm like, so he wasn't in on it. But this is where I thought, did you think when he turned around back to Monica that Monica, Monica was just gonna slash him, be a hashling yeah. slasher, and kill his ass? Yeah, I was scared that Monica was gonna hurt him, and they were both gonna die, to be honest. But I was like, there's no way they would leave a book like that because I'm pissed. Right. But yeah, I was skeptical of that. Then apparently we find out that Monica was just obsessed with Sam and butthurt that he wouldn't go out with her. Did you expect to learn that she was in fact one of his students, but he, she was just butthurt that he wouldn't go out with her? He didn't even remember her, y'all. <laughs> he didn't. And it's because her hair used to be blonde too. He didn't yeah. recognize her at all. And he was like, I went out for coffee with you. She was like, well, not just me. Like, you treated a bunch of your students, like, two other students to, like, coffee. And he was confused. He was like, I, I told you no already when you invited me over the other night and we talked about this. I was shook. Me I was too. like, okay, so he's been a loyal king. Yeah. That, I was not expecting any of this, honestly. I really thought I had the cat in the bag. I thought I cracked the case. Same. I was like, no, I know. Miss Frida got me. So then the gun goes off three times. One hits Abby. One hits Gertie. We're left with a cliffhanger. Who was the third? One didn't hit Abby. One hit Sam. No, one hit Abby. Abby got hit first. No. No. That's she's in the hospital. No, she was in the hospital because she passed out from being drugged. I could have swore she nope, got- No, you're wrong. You're wrong, and I'm telling you you're wrong because I know you're wrong. She oh. shot the first time, and Sam got shot in his arm. 
because remember she saw the blood going through Sam's shirt. So this is where she's like trying not to pass out because she was drugged on all those sleeping pills and she saw Gertie come out the closet and she was like they can't go two and one on him like they'll kill him blah blah blah. So she worked up the strength to tackle and lunge at Gertie and when she did that Monica tried to shoot Abby but she accidentally shot her mom instead killing her mom instantly. Oh okay 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 I'm remembering. Yeah. And then when she saw she killed her mom, she went over and cried to her. And then she got up and she was like, her eyes were like daggers at Abby. She was like, she's dead. And Sam was like, you're the one who shot her. And she was like, well, I meant to shoot Abby, blah, blah, blah. And then she was giving Sam another chance to choose her. She was like, I have everything you want. Like, I'm young. I'm beautiful. I'm having your child. I can give you what she can't. And, um then when she saw that Sam was willing to die for Abby because he put himself in front of her and he was like you're gonna have to go through me if you want her that's when we heard the last gunshot go off and that was the cliffhanger of the chapter yes now we're to the point where Abby wakes up in the hospital gotcha 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 and at this point she's thinking her husband's dead because she thought he was shot and I did too same but He's actually on her bedside, and he's fine. Okay, well, let me take that back. I won't say same. When she was first pointing the gun, I thought she was going to, but when we got to the part where Abby woke up in the hospital, I was like, there's no way, because why the fuck would Monica take her to the hospital? That is true. I didn't think about that. Look at you. You're, like, so quick with it. Nothing is getting past (laughs) I want everybody's ass. So he tells her that Monica shot herself instead of him. Were you relieved or did you feel bad for everybody involved? I was relieved. (laughs) Because I was like, damn, I really thought she was going to wake up like Sam was going to be dead. But I mean, like, that sucks for you. But I thought it was too good to be true that she would be dead. Yeah. So I felt like there was something coming. And then we found out, like, she didn't die. She was just in a vegetable vegetable state, and the baby didn't die either. Yeah, I was really happy to hear that the baby survived. But then for the epilogue, had me shaken in my boots, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. So even though Monica's in a vegetable state, half of her DNA is in that child. And That's what I was a- nervous on. I said, we saw... Gertie, and then clearly it happened with Monica. Clearly, the mental illness is being passed down. Yeah, I was. And she kept saying that relatively, David, the little baby, is completely fine, but, but the baby right now, right? And this is where I think he does have he's going to have the same issues because Louise. Monica's stepmom comes over and gives Abby Monica's baby blanket, which smells like her. First of all, would you keep it or would you throw that thing away? I wouldn't even let that shit in my house. I'd be like, you could take that shit back with you. Like that <laughs> woman tried to kill me. What are you doing? That's stupid. Take it. It's going directly in the trash for me. I wouldn't even try to please her to throw it in my trash can. You're going to take that shit back with you. Yep. Why do you think David wanted the blanket so bad, even though he's never seen it before? Because when you're in the womb, I feel like you have that attachment and you can feel the -hmm. person you're inside of. And I think there's just some connection there where he could tell. Yeah, I think it was just very familiar. But when he was getting kind of bratty about not getting the blanket, I was like, he's got a mental fucking illness. Not because having a mental breakdown or whining over a blanket is irrational for like a two-year-old or whatever. But but they said they've never seen him act that way. Right. And as soon as it's something of Monica's and he's a toddler now, and he has never seen or heard of this woman since he came out the womb, I was like, oh my God, it got passed down. Yep. That was what I thought too. Oh my God. And I think, that's kind of where the story ends. And personally, I was like, they should, she should totally write another book of like where um, life goes. What happens with him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Chef's kiss. I was like, what the fuck did I just read? 
Like, it was so good, but so crazy. And I couldn't put it down. That's how it's been. That's how it was for Colin Hoover. And that's how it is for Frieda McFadden now. And I'm just like, you gals have got me hooked. I was so rushed. I was like rushing to read this book for the pod because I've had a lot going on. And Mm -hmm. y'all, I finished this shit in almost a day. Me too. Me? I was like, wasn't nothing but a thing. No. I was like, what the fuck? So definitely a 10 out of 10 read. Hopefully you're not listening to this before you get to read the book. I'm putting spoilers all over the show. Do you have a guest? I mean, it's their room. Technically, (laughs) I'm the guest. Okay, well, that's all we have for y'all. We will talk to you guys next week. All right, okay, bye.